All right, Jerosai. Good morning. Good morning. A good night, everyone. Let us let us begin. Begin by thanking today's sponsors to thank our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Tishrei's Jerry and Sarah Walaski for dedicating all the Shuman Drushals this month and the Schusser of Hushalema for their grandsons, Zachariah Dov, Ben Peral Shira, Shadin Avram Kalman in memory of their beloved parents and the Schuss of all those who need a Rafu Shalema. Dr. Linda Weinberg, in loving memory of her husband of 53 years, Paris Moshe Ben Avram David, Leah Solos, a schus for a fushlema for her daughter Ilana Bas Esther, and for all those in need of Yeshua's. Our week of learning sponsors, Ira Grossman, the creation of the 12th yard site of his father, Melvin Grossman, Melech Ben Azriel, and Valerie Asapov, a schus for a fushlema, a quick recovery for, and re- return for good health for Irina Basbrin. Thank you. We hope that in the merit of our Tamil Torah, all of the Nisham Musab and Aliyah, the families and the and all those who require a fushlema, have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. But see, with that, let us begin. So we have a lot to do today. So Merit Hashem, today's daf is daf nun 50. We are picking up the Merit Hashem at the Mishnah on the bottom of Memtes on the base. 49b. So the Mishnah says as follows. The Mishnah writes, the Mishnah says, Amrashani Kohens. Remember again, continuing on the topic over here of where the individual goes ahead and makes a Tanai. What appears to be a Tanai in the Kiddushin and what happens in the event that the Tanai does not materialize. So the Mishnah says as follows. Amnas Shani Kohen. The person says, right, Ruben says to Rachel, marry me on the condition that I am a Kohen, Benimsa Levi, and it turns out that he's a Lady, or Levi Benimsa Kohen, or vice versa, Nisin Benimsa Mamzer, marry me on the condition that I'm a Nisin, but it turns out that he's a Mamzer, Mamzer Benimsa Nisin, Ben Ir Benimsa Ben Krach, marry me on the condition that I live in a city, and it turns out that he lives in a village, Ben Krach Benimsa Ben Ir, or vice versa, Amenas Shebesi Karav Lomerchatz, on the condition that my home is close to the bathhouse, Benimsa Rachok, and it turns out that it's far away. Rachok Benimsa Karov, or on the condition that it's far away from the bathhouse, it turns out that it's close by. Amanaz Shiyeshli Bas, O Shivcha Megudalas, on the condition that I have a daughter or an adult maidservant. Ve'inlo, ve'inlo, Amanaz She'inlo, Vieshlo, or vice versa. Amanaz She'inlo, Banin Vieshlo, on the condition I don't have children and does have children. O Amanaz She'inlo, Vieshlo, O Bekulo. So we'll say, so again, Essentially, what the thing is, the tonight itself is inconsequential. Whatever the tonight is, the tonight is. The point over here in all of these cases is that he has predicated the kiddushin on, on the on the particular reality, and it turns out that that reality didn't materialize. The kiddushin is not good. The kiddushin is not valid. He says, And let's say again, in any of these cases, see, he makes the tonight. The tonight itself doesn't materialize on a simple level, right? Marry me on the condition that my home is close to the bathhouse. Turns out that his home is far from the bathhouse. So I say, so the kiddushin is not good. I, Rachel, turns around and says, yeah, but I didn't really, didn't really matter to me. Did I, that, 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 that kind of stuff doesn't really matter to me. Even if she says that she was willing to accept the kiddushin, even without the tonight, never, nevertheless, excuse in all these cases, she's still not mekudeshas. Why? I, but she said she doesn't care. It's inconsequential. At the end of the day, since the Kiddushan was predicated on this Tanai, and she accepted the Kiddushan with this Tanai, even if she turns around and says, yeah, but it didn't matter all that much to me, nevertheless, the Kiddushan itself is void. Now, all of these cases obviously are framed as he's making the Tanai to her. But the truth is, all of these same halachos would apply even if what? She made it tonight. In other words, so it makes no difference 
who's making the Tanai. At the end of the day, if Kiddushin is made with the Tanai, and the Tanai doesn't materialize, Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, the Kiddushin is not good. Says the Gemara. What's well, the very interesting case is here? Hogavra, Hogavra, de Zobin, Lenechase, Adaita, Lamesek, Laris Israel. Interesting case. There was an individual who ultimately again sold his property with the intention to move Taras Yisrael. Right? That, that, that was his kavana. So what happens? So we'll say, now watch this. This is actually a fascinating case. Ruvain wants to move Taras Yisrael. So what does he do? He sells his house. Now, Ruvain makes no mention that he's selling his house to move Taras Yisrael. Right? Because he doesn't make mention of that. So we'll say, what happens? So we'll say, so now there's a missing part of the story. The missing part of the story is he doesn't end up moving. So in other words, Ruvain sold his house, sold his house. Now his kavana is he's moving to Eretz Yisrael. Turns out then his aliyah plans were upended. And I will say he's got a problem. What's his problem? He has no, no Eretz Yisrael and no house. No house. So of course, if you're Ruvain, what, what, what's your plan? What's your plan? You're going to go back to the seller. And tell, sorry, go back to the buyer and say, listen, I only sold the house with the intention of moving to Eretz Yisrael. Now, ultimately, again, I wasn't able to move, so I'd like my house back. Like my house back. So what's Talacha? Amirava have a dvarm shebalev, udvarm shebalev enam dvarm. What's an incredible story? Rava says, these are matters of the heart. Dvarm shebalev. In other words, you had an intention over here. I understand you had a whole cheshpen, but your cheshpen was something you never expressed, you never articulated, something you have. So a kavana you have in your heart that is not expressed to someone else, ultimately, again, it's halachically, Inconsequential. Tvarim shebaleiv inam dvarim. So the Gemara says, okay, and therefore Rabbi says, even though Ruvain clearly was motivated to only sell his house because he was making aliyah, because he never expressed that at the time of the sale, therefore halacha lemaisa, he can't go ahead and walk back the sale because of his inability to make aliyah. Incredible. So the Gemara says, udvarim shebaleiv inam dvarim From where do we know that concept? That dvarim shebaleiv inam dvarim. That things and others will say. So this is a transactional concept. That if you're engaging in a transaction and you have certain kavanas about the transaction, but you do not express those kavanas, that they do not play a transactional role. From where do we know that concept? So the Gemara says, the you'll say it's from here. Top of nun. So the Pasik says, Yakriv also. also. Supposed to listen to this. That Torah is talking about over here. Im ola karbanam in abaka min azaka. Supposed to Torah is talking about over here. That Allah says if you have an obligation to go ahead and bring a carbon. So the Torah says yakriv oso. Now what does yakriv oso teach us? Melame chekofen oso. You could force a person to fulfill their carbonic obligations. Yachol bar karcho. You would think maybe you could force a person to give a carbon even against their will. Tamud lomar lirt sono. Therefore, the Pasik says, no, the t- p- carbon is only given in accordance with his will. So we'll say, how does that stem? On one hand, you're saying you could force him to give the carbon, then you're also saying the carbon can only be given in accordance with his will. So how do you reconcile those two concepts? Okay, so ultimately, you could force him to bring his carbon. Otherwise, you could compel him to bring the carbon, compel him, force him until he says, fine, I'm willing to do it. I, the Amai, but how does that work? Maybe he's saying with his lips, I'm willing to do it. But in his heart, he's like, no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. So what do you see from Rabbi Osai? We don't care what you think. We don't care what you think. The thing you're thinking about doesn't matter. What, what matters? Well, say two things that matter. Two things that matter in the transactional world. Number one, 
what you say. Number two, what you do. What you're thinking is absolutely inconsequential. Maybe the carbon case is different. Why? Because also by the carbon case, it's an objective benefit to bring your carbon because the carbon affects some type of kapara. Now granted, the, the, the carbon in question over here is an olo being brought for a neder, but still, but still, all carbonos affect some level of kapara, some level of atonement. So that's why maybe there's an objective benefit for this guy, and that's why ultimately, even if he doesn't really want to do it, we treat it as if he does. Elamis Seifa. So I will say, again, just to be clear, Rava introduced us to the halachic concept of dvarim shebalev enam dvarim. Things that you think, right? The things that you have in your heart are halachically inconsequential. We're trying to find the mucker. What is the source for that concept? So maybe it's from here. Let me say it off. So do you find about say by getting, right? A get given to a woman. That means of emancipation given to avadim. Ultimately, again, you could force a man to divorce his wife. Right, you could force a man to emancipate his slave. I, he says he doesn't want to. You could compel him to do it until he says, "Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it." Va'amai. We'll say first wide line in the number fifty-eight. But why does that work? In his heart, he doesn't want to do it. Right, he might be saying I'm willing to do it, but in his heart, he doesn't want to do it. Rather, it must be that thought about saying, "Once again, we don't care what you think. What do we care?" We care about two things in halacha, what you do and what you say. Maybe this case is different, because both remember again, in any case where you're forcing him to give a get, or forcing him to emancipate the slave, who's doing the forcing? Who's doing the forcing? Bezdin. Which means that there's a mitzvah There's a mitzvah to listen to chazal. So maybe that case is different. Maybe we could compel him, even though in his heart he doesn't really want to do it, because at the end of the day, every yid wants to perform a mitzvah. This is his mitzvah. To which the Gemara says, So we'll say a new source. You know, we're just trying to figure out what is the source for Dvarim Shebalev Enam Dvarim. I thought that she was a Kohanes. Vahari Livia. She's Livia. Livia, Benim says Kohanes. Ania, Vahari I thought she was poor, she's really rich. Ashira, Vahari Ania. Mikudashas. At the end of the day, she's Mikudashas. Right? Mikudashas. Why? In those cases, the man ha- had an assumption. Had an assumption. She never presented herself as a Kohanes, as a Leviya, as an Iyar, a Shia. He assumed. He assumed she was like, it turned out that his assumption was false. His assumption was wrong. It was incorrect. So I'll say in that case, ultimately the Kiddushin is good. Why? Because she didn't actively misrepresent herself. One second, I'll say, he's telling us, in my heart, I thought that she was a Kohanes, that she was a Leviyah. Why doesn't that matter? So you see from here, that again, thoughts, right, things that you think in your heart or in your mind, are halachically inconsequential. Maybe that case, we'll say, is different, because ultimately, again, we're being machmir, to say that the Kiddushin is valid. Abayi says from here, so was interesting enough, Abai actually says the Raya, like the proof that Dvarm Shabalev Enam Dvarm is actually from Ramishnah. Bose, what was the case in Ramishnah? 
And Ramesh had all of these different tunarim, right? Become a Kudash just in the condition this, 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 that. Turns out the condition doesn't materialize. What does she say, right? What does Rachel, the wife, say in all these cases? To be honest, I don't really care. Right? All of this stuff didn't really matter to me. Even though she says that, what's Ta'alacha? She's not Mikudashas. What do you see from here? Vamai, how come I believe So I'll say, you see from here that even though she said it was in my heart that it really matter, you see from here, Dvarim Shebalev, Enam Dvarim. I, Vidilma Shani Hasam, Keban da Asne, Lav Kon Kamine da Akra Lele Tinoi. Now I'll say, maybe that case is different. Because remember, in all of these cases in the Mishnah, he is making an active tonight. As well as when you make an active tonight, explicit tonight, so again, everyone will agree that whatever you're thinking in your heart doesn't undermine an active tonight. There was a story in that, right? Or this, this, this occurred in the, or I should say, this was discussed. So I'll say, remember again, we're, we're focused over here. We're looking for a source for the concept of Dvarim Shebalev Enam Dvarim. Where do we know that concept from? So the Gemara says, We'll say, watch this. I say to my agent, do me a favor, bring me money from the windowsill or from the basket. My agent did it. So we'll say, now it turns out, by the way, just the, the parentheses in this is, the money was consecrated money. Was consecrated money. <clears throat> now watch this. Now it turns out that, for example, the money on the windowsill was consecrated. The money in the basket ultimately was not. I then say, so what happens? The Shaliyah ends up bringing me the consecrated money. I say, oh, you know what? I really had in mind for the money in the basket, the unconsecrated money. So you know, I really had in mind for the money in the basket, which was unconsecrated. So you see from here, because we say that which you think is inconsequential. I, Maybe we'll say, no, no, in that case, we don't believe in the guy. Right? The, 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 we, don't, we don't believe me. Why? Because clearly, I'm only saying what I'm saying in order to go and exempt myself from liability. Because one second. If I want to exempt myself from liability, there's an easier way. How will they amaze it? I could say I purposely used consecrated funds. And what happens if you say I purposely used consecrated funds? You're exempt from carbonic liability. Twitch Mars says no one's ever going to say that. Lo Abed Inish, Demashri Nafshe Rishia. Person's not going to make himself into a Rasha. Havele Lomar Niskarti. He could have said Niskarti, I remembered. Before I used the money, I remembered which money was which. This not Niskar Balabayas. Ultimately, he could say, because remember, if the Balabais remembers, if the Balabais remembers which money was consecrated, which money was not, then ultimately, again, the Balabais is off the hook with Me'ilah, and the Me'ilah, the Me'ilah liability is upon the Shaliyah. Okay, so I'll say, so bottom line, bottom line, the Gemara doesn't really seem to bring a conclusive proof for the source, for Dvarim Shebalev Einam Dvarim, Yet Rabbi say we know that in fact it is a halachic precept. In transactional law, in transactional law, anything you're thinking is absolutely irrelevant. What frames the parameters of a particular transaction is either what you explicitly say or what you do in the course of that transaction. Incredible. So some more stories. Hu Gavra, Tizabinu Yisrael. 
Shabbos said there was a guy, once again, sold his property, sold his property, with the intention to go up to Eretz Yisrael. Shabbos said, now, what's different in this case over here, <coughs> is he went ahead and he explicitly articulated that. Rashi says, So by the way, just before we go on, just before we go on, so that's how he passed him, right? Dvarim shebalev inam dvarim. Right, that that which you think in a transaction, you did not explicitly articulate it, that which you think is absolutely irrelevant. And I will say it is important to say that that is how he passed in halakha not how he passed in hashkafa Right, in other words, we passed in, so again, remember in halakha, dvarim shebalev inam dvarim. In ruchnius, dvarim shebalev, absolutely dvarim. I will say, by the way, the proof to that was yesterday's daf. What did we have in yesterday's daf? A man goes over to a woman and he says to her, So what's Talach? What did the Gemara say? Even if he's a Russian, why? Maybe I thought of Tshuva. Thoughts of Tshuva, what do you call that? What do you call that? That's Dvarim Shebalev. That's Dvarim Shebalev. Yet I will say, we see that Allah she's Mikudashas. So once they see something very profound over here, you see the world of transactional law, the world of transactional law is Olam Haza. Olam Haza is governed by results, is governed by tachlis, right? So tachlis, you want to engage in a transaction, ultimately, I don't care what you're thinking, we don't care what your thoughts are, what we care is what you're saying, what you do. I will say, by the way, it has to be that way. Can you imagine what the business world would look like, I will say, if suddenly transactions we're governed by what people are thinking, right? It would be impossible to go ahead and ever produce any type of transaction that would stand on its own. So in transactional law, you have to say, Dvarim Shebalev Inam Dvarim. I would say, but the beauty is in Ruchnius, in Ruchnius, the Ribono Shal Olam always looks, not just at what we do, but the beauty of the one of the beautiful parts of the Ribono is, he is the Bochen Levavos. He is able to see what is in my heart. Because sometimes, for whatever the reason, I can't produce results in life. Sometimes I'm just not in a place where I'm able to produce results. So let's say in the world, in the world, if you can't produce results, if you can't produce results, right? What's your status? If you can't produce results, unemployed. Fail, unemployed, right? You are a failure. You are a failure. Right? I mean, you always get this much. I imagine you go into work. You go into work. You're playing Tetris all day. You tell your boss, you know what, but I want you to know my heart is really in this job, right? In my heart, in my heart, I, right? In my heart, I'm batting a thousand. In my heart, I closed four deals today, right? In my heart, I did this. The boss is going to say, good. And in your heart, pack your stuff, right? Pack your stuff, right? The mice to go. Let's say, let's say it works in the world. The world, the world is very results driven. The beauty of Ruchmi's world. So now I want to be clear. Ruchmi's is also results driven, right? If a person says their whole life, I'm a good Jew in my heart and I have beautiful shifas, beautiful aspirations, and they produce or they do nothing, that's not a good life either. But the reality is that sometimes in life, sometimes in life, at the, what's it, by the way, it's very, it, it's, um, it's incredible. Nice Here's the contrast. See, on the, on the, just a few feet away, they're building a building. See, what's it, when it comes to building gashmius, build gashmius, results is determined, results are, right? Results are determined, or I should say, success is determined by results, right? A successful day, more steel is going to go up. In the world of Ruchnius, so ultimately you also need results. 
but she'ifas, your desires matter a lot as well. That's why again, our Kudesh as the Amanas Shani Tzadik Gomer, right? Again, Shemehir Herbetshuva, what I'm thinking matters. We will say again, the Rebbe Shalom sees our desires, he sees our wants, he sees what we want to accomplish. So in Ruchmius, Dvarim Shebalev, Havin Dvarim as well. What you think, what you want, what you desire matters greatly in the eyes of the Rebbe Shalom. So let's go weiter. Ugabra, Tizabinu Nechasi Adait Lamesek Laradiso. Suppose there was an individual, there was an individual, ultimately again, who went up, sold, sold his house, sold his property to make Aliyah. So what happens? Well, so now in this case, he goes, right? Now, now, a lot is happening over here. First of all, in this case, we'll call him Ruvain. Ruvain makes it clear why he's selling his home, right? He makes it clear, for sale sign, moving to Israel, right? He's got his, it's all there, full disclosure. Now, we'll say, he sells the house, he sells the house, he goes on Aliyah. Now, what happens over here? The Mesa there, so Salik, he goes, didn't work out. Yeah, unfortunately, didn't work out. So now he has to move back, right? So what was it? So now he moves back. Now, what's his first stop when he moves back? First stop, he knocks on the door, right? He says, listen, Shimon, how's the house going? How are things? I'm so sorry. The Aliyah plans didn't work out. I want to be a nice guy. You've got 30 days to vacate the premises, right? Because Lamani said, I sold my house, again, with the condition that I was making Aliyah. It didn't work out. I'm back. Obviously, again, in other words, Ruben's, essentially, say, what, Ruben, what is Ruben claiming, essentially? What is Ruben claiming? Ruben's claiming, effectively, it was a conditional sale. So I, want, I need my home back. I need my home back. Omer Rava, called the Salik Adaita Lameidarhu, Vaha Lo Itzar. So we'll say, so Rava said, ultimately, again, so Rava actually posits that, listen, obviously, anytime you sell your, hand, you sell your home to go to Yisrael, the intention is what? The intention ultimately is to live there. And he wasn't able to live there. Rashi says, Whatever didn't work out, it didn't work out. So therefore, again, Ruben effectively sold his home on a Tanai. He wasn't able to make it work in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, according to Ravi, he actually has the ability to go ahead and cancel the sale. Incredible. So the Gemara says, What's the other opinion? He says, no. You sold your own with the intention to move to Eretz Yisrael. Did you move to Eretz Yisrael? Did you move to Eretz Yisrael? Yeah. Did he move? Yeah. yeah. Okay, the fact that it didn't work out afterwards, that, that, that's, that's something totally separate. In other words, so I'll, say, so I'll give you a good example. If Reuben were to sell his home, right, say I'm moving to Eretz Yisrael, and then I will say, again, there are no, right, the, 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 there's no way to get to Eretz Yisrael. Right? COVID, right? Right? They shut down the borders. They shut down the borders. Right? So we'll say, okay, if they shut down the borders and you can't go, that might be grounds to void the sale because you can't get there. But if you get there, I, but whatever, you couldn't find an apartment. You couldn't find a job. Th- that, that's already a separate parish. In other words, you, you sold to get there. You got there. Once you get there, that's it. The transaction is closed off. You can't renege it anymore. Who gavra? Another Gavra, who sold his property ultimately again with the intention to go to Eretz Yisrael. Losof Losalik. At the end, he didn't go. He didn't go. Okay, he didn't go. So we'll say, so what's that look? Ravashi says, listen, he didn't go. Why didn't he go? I don't know why he didn't go, but that's his problem. In other words, he could have gone. He could have gone. Ravashi if he wanted to go, he could go. He could go. The fact that he didn't go, that's on him. Ikidam, you're both the alternate version of this. Ibai lo salik. So what's the other version? It's an interact it's an interactive. 
if he wanted to go, could he could he not have gone? Or is Ibailo Salak? Could he have gone if he wanted to? So I'll say my benai was enough community between these two approaches. So we'll say the nafkamini would be ultimately again, let's say Ruven sold this house to go to Eretz Yisrael. He wanted to go, but then he found out that the journey was a little bit dangerous. It was a little bit dangerous. Look at Rashi. So according to the first Lashen, Ruven wouldn't be able to avoid the sale. Why? Because even though it's dangerous, could he, he could still go. He could still go. According to the second version, since he has a good reason not to go, he would have a right to go ahead and void the transaction. So I will say, so you begin to see in all of these different cases, again, the point of all these cases is that Allah saw, if Reuben wants an out, if Reuben wants an out, he, for, for when he's selling his house to go to make Aliyah, he can have an out, right? He could bake in whatever, you know, whatever to know him, whatever conditions he wants. But I will say, but what ultimately comes out is that Allah if he sells to go to Eretz Yisrael, he makes it to Eretz Yisrael. I, but it doesn't work out from Eretz Yisrael, and now he wants to come back. He can't void the sale. And of course, I will say, the overarching concept over here is, Dvarim Shevaleidinam Dvarim. That in general, when entering into a transaction, even though you had all of your kavanas in the transaction, your kavanas are inconsequential. Only what you say and what you do matters in the scope of the transaction. And I will tell you how beautiful and incredible it is that we have these cases of moving to Eretz Yisrael on Chalamayit Sukkis. I will say there's a mitzvah on Sukkis. There's a mitzvah on Yom Tev of Aliyah L'Regel. Of Aliyah L'Regel, going to Eretz Yisrael. Go up to Yushalayim. So I'll say, so I'll tell you, like, sometimes you think about it. So what, what do I do? Like, here, there's a mitzvah that we're not fulfilling, right? We're all here. We're all here. It's, okay, it's great weather. It's nice to be with the Chevra, beautiful davening, beautiful yamtiv. But I'm not, I'm not being olaregel. So I'll say, so remember again, we mentioned this on yamtiv. Whenever you can't perform a particular mitzvah, so what are you supposed to do? Learn the Torah associated with that mitzvah. We spoke about this on Shabbos. We weren't able to take Dalad Minim on Shabbos, so we learned about the Dalad Minim. So we were Mekayim to a certain degree. So again, I'm not, I'm not, I guess I'm able, but I'm not going to Eretz Yisrael now. So I'll say, how beautiful is it? How beautiful is it that Halach said, first day Chalamayid, the Ibono Shal Olam gave us a Gemara about going to Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara gave us cases about going to Eretz Yisrael. So if we're not yet going to Eretz Yisrael, at least there's a partial kiyum of being older regal by learning Gemaras associated with moving up to Eretz Yisrael. Incredible. Jessica, we'll say another kiss on the Ribbon Shalom. Let's go back to Mishnah. Ha'omer l'shlucho. Haman says to Shaliyah, say, v'kadish le'isha plonis v'makom plonim. So what happens? We'll say, Ruvain tells the Shaliyah, go and be m'kadish Rachel, right, specific woman, in Pikesville. No, actually, let's, let's make it to Yerushalayim. Let's make it to Yerushalayim, right? And what happens? It turns out that the Shaliach is Mekadesh Rachel, you know, for, for, for Ruvain, but he does it in Tel Aviv. So what's Talacha? In Mekudeshas. Ultimately, again, it's not Mekudeshas. Why? Why not Mekudeshas? He made it tonight. So we view that as a tonight. Go and be Mekadesh Rachel in Yerushalayim. Ultimately, again, is it tonight? And therefore, if he's Mekadish Rachel somewhere else, ultimately, again, the Kiddushin is not good. What happens if Ruvain says to Shaliach, you know, you'll find Rachel in Yerushalayim? And he ends up being Mekadish Rachel in Tel Aviv, Harizim Mekudeshas. Ultimately, again, that works. So now, what's the distinction between the two cases? In case number one, telling the Shaliach to Mekadish in Yerushalayim is tonight. 
That's why I want the Kedushin done. In case number two, it's what we call a Maramakum. Maramakum. He said in Shliach, you, you'll be able to find Rachel in Yerushalayim. But he's not, he's, in other words, it's not, it's not a Tanai that he has to be Mekadish in Yerushalayim. It says in Yerushalayim, Nami Gavigin, we see this by Gitin as well, HaOmer Tinu gets Elishti, Bemakum Ploni. Right? Ruvain says to the Shaliach, give a get to my wife in Yerushalayim. Benosal Makomachar, he gives it to her ultimately again in Tel Aviv. Apostle, the get is invalid. Hare Hebe Makom Ploni, if Ruben says, you'll find my wife in Yerushalayim, and he ends up giving her the get in Tel Aviv, then Kasher. I will say why. Same distinction. Same distinction. Case one is a Tanai. Case two is just a point of information. Now, I, why do you need to illustrate this concept both by Gitin and Kiddush? And I'll tell you why. With if you would have just said by Kiddushin, so we'll say, maybe in the case of Kiddushin, you say like this. Since Ruben wants to marry Rachel, he tells the Shaliach, do the Kiddushin in a place where they like me. Because this way, if Rachel asks about me, they'll have good things to say about me. I'm concerned I don't have a good reputation everywhere. So I want to be careful where they do the Kiddushin. However, Vagabigin, the Rachelka Kaasi, Eimalo Echpasle. But when it comes to divorce, at this point, Reuven probably doesn't care too much what people have to say about him, right? In other words, he doesn't care where the get is given. What people are going to say, you know, the get's given in a particular place, is not a good guy. Again, Rachel's div- he's divorcing his wife anyway. Maybe you would say maybe he's more makbid. He only wants to get given in a particular place. He doesn't want to become to become a, de- a degrading experience, right? But, uh, but by kiddushin, ultimately again, it doesn't matter where it's given. Therefore, it's really in both cases. So, so bottom line, bottom line, the distinction is like this: when I tell a shaliach to specifically do something in a particular place to execute an agency in a particular place. So ultimately, again, I will say that is the status of a tenai, of a condition, of a condition. And therefore, if the shaliach executes the agency in a different place, the, the agency is voided and the act is, is, the act is irrelevant. If, however, I give the, the inform- geographic location as a way of making the shaliach's life easier, right? You could find Rachel in Yerushalayim. So what, what, say, what, what am I doing? What am I doing? That's not a tenai. That's a point of information to make the shliach's execution of his agency a little bit easier. But if he ends up executing the agency elsewhere, halacha l'maysa, that's totally fine as well. Incredible. Let's go weiter. Interesting case. Ruvain is mekadish rachel on the condition that she does not have any existing vows upon her. The name Nedarim, and it turns out that she has some pre-existing vows in the Mikudashas. Ultimately, yeah, she's not Mikudashas. So I'm both saying, now in general, this has to do, it's just an explicit tonight. Right? I'm marrying on the condition, you have no pre-existing Nedarim. Right? She turns out, she has Nedarim. No tonight, no Kiddushin. Kinsastan. What happens if he just marries her Stan? It doesn't say anything. And it turns out, it turns out that she has Nedarim. Teitei Shlobik Suva. Wow. So he could he has a right to divorce her, right? Which with a get, with a, she still requires a get, but without a ksuva. Now we'll say now the reason without a ksuva is that's a penalty. Why? Because the general assumption is a man doesn't want to marry a woman 
who is a habitual vower, right? Because again, because Allah said the concern, it's, just, it's not a good midah. It's not a good midah, right? That's not, we, we saw this before in the Dharam. Right? What happens if a man marries a woman on the condition that you don't have any blemishes? Turns out she has mumin. So what's the halacha? I'm going to say, again, that's a straightforward case. He made it tonight. Made it tonight. What happens if he marries her stam? You know, doesn't, doesn't make a condition. It turns out she has blemishes. I'm going to say, again, we'll discuss what type of blemishes. Tastes, and I'm going to say, it means something more significant. Ultimately, he could divorce her with a get, but she forfeits her ksuba. Any mum, Rabosai, that ultimately again would invalidate a Kohen from Avoda, ultimately goes ahead and, inv- I'm sorry, any, any mum that would invalidate a Kohen from doing the Avoda, ultimately again is grounds for dissolution of a marriage with a get. But with the forfeiture of the ksuva. Take a look at Rashi just a moment. Both sides about four lines up from the bottom. It's very interesting. So now we're introduced to something new over here. So in the first part of the Mishnah, the first part of the Mishnah, right? So remember, the man, Ruvain, is making an explicit tonight. So if he makes this tonight, I'm marrying you on the condition that you have no Nindaran. I'm marrying on the condition you have no woman. Okay? So that's a tenai. You make a tenai. There's violation of the tenai. There's no kiddushin. In case number two, what we're introduced to Rebosa is that there's also like a general assumption about what a man wants in marriage. He doesn't want a woman who makes nadarim. He doesn't want a woman who makes, who has woman. So even if he didn't make a tenai, but it turns out that she's made nidarim, or she's had these particular, particular category of blemishes. So Allah said, that is grounds for divorce, still with a get, but with forfeiture of aksuva. Why forfeiture of aksuva? Because there's a general assumption that had the husband, had Ruvain known about these things, he would have what? Not entered into the marriage. So it's like a shtikel mekachtos. Like a, like a little bit of like a, of like a mekachtos. Are you translating um, what? Avoid itself, but I'm saying it's avoided sale based on, yeah, based on false emotions, right? Based on mistaken notions, based on mistaken notions, right? So again, it's not narrow. Say, if it was a real mekachtos, then what? Then what? You wouldn't even need to get, right? If it was a real mekachtos, so it's it's not strong enough. It's not strong enough so as to dispense with a get. But it is strong enough, ultimately, again, to go ahead and forfeit ksuba. Okay, let's see the Gemara. Gemara says, ksubas. So we'll say, by the ksuba, by ksubas, we saw this same, same concept, the same halacha, in Mesechus ksubas. Ki hai gavna. So we'll say, so again, so hacha, hacha kiddushin is trichale, tana ksubas ato kiddushin. So we'll say, over here, where the primary discussion is kiddushin. So you mentioned kiddushin. Now we bring up ksubas as secondary, secondary information. Hasam, the ksuvis is trichal. There was some ksuvis, the primary discussion is by ksuvis. Tanikidushan at the ksuvis. Okay, fine. Mishnah. Hamikadish, Tina Shemeshava Pruta. So what's the interesting case? Ruvain is Mikadish, two women, Rachel and Leah, with one Pruta. One Pruta. Austerity measures, you know, you know, austerity measures, right? So then what happens? He goes ahead and he miscalish two women with one Pruta. Oh, Isha Achas, Pepachus, Shapruta. Or one woman. With something that is worth less than a pruta. So, so, we'll say, so now, obviously, there's no kiddushin. Now, what's the kiddush in the Mishnah? So, we'll say, this is very interesting. Watch this. So, Ruben goes over to Rachel and Leah. 
He says, ladies, ladies, do I have a proposition for you, right? One pruta, and you can spend the rest of your lives with me, right? Obviously, somebody wasn't paying attention, right? Rachel and Leah, I guess, whatever, right? So they say yes, they say yes, they accept the pruta. Fine, so obviously we know one pruta is not enough to affect Kiddush with two women. Now, what's the chap over here? Afterwards, in celebration of their new Kiddushin, so Ruvain sends them gifts. Sivlonos are gifts. Rashi says, He sends gifts. It was, it was, the, it was the custom that a chasan would send gifts to his kalo, right? So he sends them gifts afterwards. Ultimately, again, there's no condition. I will say, now I understand the case. See, what would I have thought? What, what, what's going on over here? So he's mekadish them with less than a shavapruda. Afterwards, he sends them both gifts. Value of the gifts. Value of the gifts. More than a pruta. Even though he sends them gifts afterwards, ultimately, again, not mekadish. Why? Shemachmas kiddushna rishonim shalach. Because Yobo said it's very interesting. Because the gifts, the gifts are not meant to be kesef kiddushin. What are the gifts meant to be? What are the gifts meant to be? Celebration of Kiddushin. So I will say, so you can't count those gifts towards the Kiddushin because that wasn't his intention with those gifts. Right? Those gifts were simply meant to be what? Meant to be, again, gifts, not Kiddushin. Right? And so to, again, a katan who was Mekadosh. I will say, take a look at Rashi. Now watch this. So when Reuben is Mekadesh Rachel and Leah with one pruta, with one pruta, and then subsequently sends gifts. So one might have thought that maybe, you know what, Reuben realized, it can't be Mekadesh Omur to half a pruta. So what did he do? He sent gifts to bolster the Kesef Kiddushin. Says Gemara, no. That's not what happened over here. The way Sivlonos, the way gifts work, is gifts are gifts. They're not Kesef Kiddushin. And therefore the Kiddushin is invalid, even though again he subsequently sent gifts, because ultimately again, the gifts are reckoned as gifts, not as additional Kesef Kiddushin. Good. And Mara says the same thing if you have a Katan who was Mekadish So we'll say, imagine for a moment, Ruben is a Katan, gives Kesef Kiddushin to Rachel, who's a Gidolo. What's the status of that Kiddushin? What's the status? No. Void, right? No. We'll say, let's say subsequently, once he becomes a bar mitzvah, he takes his bar mitzvah money. Right now he's a man, right? A bar mitzvah boy is a man. Right? So he takes his bar mitzvah money and he sends gifts to Rachel. So we'll say, what's that, Rachel? Still no kiddushin. Why? Because we don't view gifts. We don't view gifts as a bolstering of the kesef kiddushin. Rather, we view gifts as gifts and not kesef kiddushin. Therefore, we'll say, essentially, what I'm saying is, in these cases of invalid kiddushin, even though the chosen subsequently sent gifts, the gifts don't bolster the deficient Kesef Kiddushin. The gifts are viewed as independent gifts and therefore no Kiddushin in this case. Says Why do I need both of these cases? Now essentially, Rebbe said there are three cases, right? Case number one is two women with one pruta. Case number two is one woman with a half a pruta. And case number three is the katan who was Mekadesh Lono. All three of these cases you gave, right, Ruvain gave deficient Kesef Kiddushin, subsequently sent gifts. I might have thought that the gifts bolster the Kesef Kiddushin. Kamash Molam, they do not. Why do you all these cases? It's Here we go. 
the Ashwin and Shara Pruta, if we would have just mentioned the case of Shara Pruta, in other words, we'll say, that'll be the case of, of two women with one Pruta. I did the Karnafik Mamona Mine Toy. Avapachos Mishara Pruta. So we'll say, so ultimately, again, listen, I would, I understand maybe in the case of Ruvain, who has Mekadish two women with one Pruta. So we'll say, why is he making a mistake in this case? Because we'll say, this is what happens when you, when you pay attention to part of the Shear, right? Which part of the Shear did he learn? You give Mekadish one with a Pruta. So he thought that's what? One pruta gets you as many wives as you want, right? One pruta, all you need, right? Give me a pruta, I'll give you the world, right? right? Just take one pruta and that's all. And that's, that, that's all you need. So I say he's giving a, so in that case, he's giving a unit of kiddushin. That's where he makes a mistake. So he makes a mistake. So I say, so that's why he thinks he gave proper kiddushin. And that's why subsequent sending of gifts does not bolster the case of kiddushin. Avapachos mishavah pruta, but when he gives less than a Shavar Pruta, come on. Everyone knows that Pachos Mishavar Pruta will say, what could you accomplish with less than a Pruta? What, you, what could you accomplish with less than a Pruta? Nothing. And everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. So he realizes his mistake. And therefore, what? The Chi Kameshadr Sablonos, I died the Kiddushin Kameshadr. And therefore, when he subsequently sends the gifts, I will say, what's his intention with the gifts? What's his intention? To bolster the Kiddushin. The bolster the kiddushin, and maybe I would have thought that case the subsequent gifts do work to bolster the kiddushin. The actually in Hani Tarte, if we would have just said the first two cases of two women with one pruta or one with a half a pruta, mishum the vein pruta la pachosh to shara pruta lo kim luhula inchi. Because many people make mistakes ultimately between a whole pruta half a pruta. Avakatan shekidushos. In the case of avakatan is mekadesh woman. Hakol yodin shein kiddushay katan klum. Everyone knows that a katan can't affect kiddushin, and therefore what? And I might have thought that maybe when the cotton becomes bar mitzvah and sends the gifts, maybe that should work. Because everyone knows that a cotton can't affect Kiddushin. Therefore, when he subsequently sends the gifts, ultimately again, that should affect Kiddushin. Kamash Malon, it doesn't. Kamash Malon, it doesn't. So therefore, I will say, Halochal therefore, all three kids are So therefore, case number one, Man is Mekadish woman, one, right, one pruta, two women. Case number two, man is Mekadish woman with half a pruta. Case number three, a katan is Mekadish woman. In all three of these cases, there's not enough Kesef Kiddushin given. In all three of these cases, Chasan subsequently sends gifts to the Kala. I might have thought that the gifts bolster the Kesef Kiddushin. Kamash Malon, it doesn't. Kamash Malon, it doesn't. It marafuna amrachoshin l'savonos. So we'll say now in a little bit of a, of a change of uh, change of things, Rav Huna says, no, you have to be choshesh, that gifts that are sent actually have the ability to bolster deficient case of Kiddushin. The Chinam HaRav, Rav said as well, choshesh-shin, choshesh-shin-savonos, mishashidech be'ishav v'nitzvatsa ve'kidem v'shalach savonos ve'edim, choshesh-shem ve'kiddushin heim, v'mniskach la'achar shich again. And we'll say, here's what's interesting, what Rav Huna is saying is like this, let's say Ruven and Rachel, Decided to get married. Now they haven't. They haven't formalized anything, right? I don't know what she's saying. They ha- he hasn't given her kesef kiddushin. Then what happens? He sends her gifts. He sends her gifts. So Rav Huna says you have to be concerned that maybe those gifts ultimately again have the status of kesef kiddushin, kesef kiddushin, right? So we'll say, and that would mean, by the way, that would mean that if after receiving the gift, right, she decides, you know what? I don't want to marry you anymore, that perhaps she should need a get. 
pretty dramatic. Pretty dramatic. The Chilim Arab, Chosh and Sablonos. Rabbi said also, Rabbi said also, you have to be Choshesh that maybe the sending of gifts, maybe a gift actually affects Kedushin. Amar Rabbi, Umos Vinon Ashmaitin, we bring up the Mishnah, the Mishnah clearly says, we'll say that what? That gifts do not have the status of Kesef Hidush. Abayi says, no, no, no. Abayi says, that's not fair. In the Mishnah's case, we'll remember again, Kesef Kiddushin was given, albeit deficient Kesef Kiddushin. And then the Mishnah's case was that subsequent gifts cannot be viewed as bolstering deficient Kesef Kiddushin. That's different than our history that we're dealing with over here, where a man and woman decided to get married, haven't done anything yet, right? But then Ruvain sends Rachel gifts. That's where Rabba or Ravuna are ultimately saying that maybe those gifts represent Kesef Kiddushin. Igidari, an ultimate version of this. Amar Rabba, Minamin, Allah, from where do I know this? Kedik Tani Taimo, Shemachmos Kiddushin, Arishonim Shalach. Hachahu Detai, so I'll say it's only the case in the Mishnah where one can make a mistake. However, ba'alma havi kiddushin. But perhaps generally, gifts not given as a fault to kesef kiddushin, but gifts given after a couple decides to get married, perhaps that can affect proper kiddushin. Ba'abai lomi ba'i kama. Ba'is lomi ba'i lomi ba'i ba'alma delo nachis l'taras kiddushin klal. Ba'abai says no, no, no. I will say, when a chassan sends a kala a gift, right? A man and woman decide to get married. And in celebration of that, right? Ruvain sends Rachel a gift. That is not Kesef Kiddushin at all. El Afilo Hacha, the Nachas Latoras Kiddushin, Eima Havi Kiddushin. So I will say, the Kiddush is our Mishnah. What's the Kiddush on Mishnah? Here, Ruvain gave Rachel an item of value. Albeit not enough, not enough. But I would have thought again, at least in that case, gifts should help to bolster Kesef Kiddushin. Kamash Molan, they do not. Okay, so we'll say, my Havi Allah, what is Vama? So we'll say, so we have over here is a little bit of a tension about, namely, what is the status of gifts? So now, by the way, we have two different, two, different, two different cases of gifts. The case in the Mishnah was where deficient Kesef Kiddushin was given. It was followed up by gifts. I might have thought that gifts work to bolster Kesef Kiddushin. The Mishnah says, Kamash Molan, they do not. They do not. Then there was another case of gifts introduced, which was Chasen and Kalabai, I should say, Reuben and Rachel decide they want to get married. They want to get married. Nothing's happened yet. Reuben sends Rachel gifts. I might have thought that those gifts should count as Kesef Kiddushin. Kamash Molon, they do not. Although according to some opinions, they do. So my Havi so I'll say, so what's Talacha? What's Talacha? My Havi what is the bottom line? In other words, Amra Papa, it depends. This is fascinating. We'll say in a place where it is common to go ahead and first give Kesef Kiddushin, and then what? And then send gifts. We'll say in that case, maybe, maybe in a case where there is deficient Kesef Kiddushin, maybe the gifts serve to bolster the Kesef Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, I'm sorry, but in a place where it was common to first send gifts and only then do Kesef Kiddushin, we're not choshesh that gifts should count as Kesef Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, Lo mekadshi pshita. Now we'll say, now, that here's what's interesting. In a case where first you give Kesef Kiddushin, and then what? And then you go ahead and send gifts. 
that maybe the gifts can bolster the case of Kedushin. I hear that. So the Gemara says, what's the case over here? Lotricha, Deruba Mekachi, Vadim Esabli. The majority of people first do Kedushin and then send gifts. And then send gifts. Right? And then send gifts. Um, but a miut, a minority, ultimately send gifts and then do then do kiddush. I would have thought maybe we should be choshesh for the minority. Kamash no, you're not. So okay. So I just want to point out over here something very interesting. Just the way you should the way the way we paskin. We paskin like this great reading of the Mishnah. So there there is so in other words halacha l'maisah. If a man gives a woman kesef kiddushin, and then ultimately it turns out that for some reason that kesef kiddushin is deficient, right? Like the case we have in the Mishnah, and he subsequently sends her gifts, even though those gifts are also being given in what context? What context? The context of gift giving as a part of marriage, those gifts do not count as kesef kiddushin. Right? So I want to say, you know, I'll, I'll give you just a perfect case of this, right? Perfect case, right? Ruvain is Mekhadish Rachel with the half of Pruta. Okay, then we'll say what happens after he gives her kesef kedushin. He gives her a diamond engagement ring, diamond engagement ring. So I thought, like, okay, great. Okay, he gave her half a pruta, but obviously again, the diamond engagement ring should count as kesef kedushin. It doesn't. It doesn't. The only thing that counts as kesef kedushin, Rabbi says, is what that which is given explicitly as kesef kedushin. Subsequent gifts are treated as gifts. But Allah cannot make up for deficient case of Yiddish. Incredible. Let's finish up. Let's finish up. So the Gemara says as follows. Let's uh, totally different case. Let's say, watch this. What happens? What happens in the following situation? What happens if say if in the marketplace they find the Ksuva, or Ksuva between Ruven and Rachel? So I will say, Mahu. Is a found Ksuva enough to go ahead and and the established woman is a married woman. Interesting, right? So let's again, we have no other record of Ruben being married to Rachel. We find the Ksuva in the Shuk that says, Ruben married, Ruben, Ruben is to Rachel. What's the Allah? Amr Alei, Dechim Misha, Machzik, Shtar, Ksuva, Bashuk. Right? Nachzik, Bakke, Eishasish. Just because you find the Ksuva, we're going to treat her as a married woman. So finally, the Ksuva shouldn't be enough. So my Habi Allah, what's the bottom line Allah? So what's the defense? Amr Abashi, Bashuk, Nekachi, Vader, Kasik, Suva. In a place where ultimately, again, they first do Kiddushin and then write a Ksuba, Chayshinon. So they was saying, a place where a Ksuba is only written after Kiddushin occurs, then what? And you find the Kiddushin between Ruven and Rachel, okay, Chayshinon. They was saying, Chayshinon just says, Chayshinon doesn't say definitively she's a married woman, but it says we need to investigate this a little bit. There are places apparently where they would write the Ksuba even before Kiddushin occurred. So if you lived in a place where they wrote, then what? Then lo chashinon, right? Then then lo chashinon. So we'll say, so we won't be chashish. Again, why? Because we'll say it's possible, right? They wrote the ksuva, and then what happened? They just never got married, right? Changed their mind. So we'll say, obviously, if you have a situation where you live in a locale, where first they do kiddushin, then they write the ksuva, and you find the ksuva in the marketplace, so of course you have to, you have to be chashish. So pshita, lo tzricha de lo safra. Maybe you live in a place where, where there wasn't a sofer. You didn't have a sofer who lived in town. So I would have thought like this. 
So watch this. I live in a place, let's say I live in a town where first they do Kiddushin and then they write the Ksuba. Okay, so what about that? What, what, what's what's that look? Huh? Now we find a Ksuba in the marketplace, in the Shuk, that, that has Reuven and Rachel in it. So we'll say, what's that look? Huh? What's that look? Huh? Chashinon. Chashinon means what? We, we, we suspect that they are married. Because since again in this place, they only go ahead and write a Ksuba after Kiddushin was done. And we found the Ksuba that says, Reuven is married to Rachel, we have to be Choshesh. So I'll say, what would I have thought? Well, maybe what happens in this town, they also don't have a silver. It's not a silver. So I'll say, what happens is it's not a silver? Maybe we should be concerned like this. One time, there was a silver passing through town. Listen, Ruven was on a second date. Ruven was on a second date with Rachel. Ruven was on a second date with Rachel. So he figured, you know what? Things are going well. I will say, my Mechutin my, my told me, my, uh, my Avram married a wonderful young lady from, from Lakewood. My Mechutin told me, in Lakewood, it is impossible, impossible, very difficult to get halls for the wedding. So my Mechutin told me that after the third date, he put down a deposit on the hall. He said, I didn't know it was going to happen. He said, I liked your son a lot. I didn't know it was going to happen. I figured, all right, you know what, I, whatever, I'll lose the deposit, I'll transfer the deposit. But you know, sometimes, sometimes again, you know, you just, you just, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get the ball rolling. You gotta get the ball rolling. So he'll say, so now what happened? So you might have thought like this. We might have thought like this, I live in a town where they only write the Ksuva after Kiddushin. But we have no sofa. We have no sofa. So it happened to be, right, Ruven says there was a sofa rolling through town. I was only on my second date with Rachel. I figured, you know what? What's the worst case scenario, right? I lose a couple of shekel. Okay, fine. Well, well, it's going to be what it's going to be. So say, maybe that's what happened. Maybe we find the Ksuva in the marketplace. There was no Kiddushin. That was just the ksuba written beforehand, even though, that's, even though that's a departure from the local custom. But because they had access to a sofa, if you live in a locale where the ksuba is normally only written after Kiddushin, we assume that what happened, there was Kiddushin, there was a ksuba, and Chayshinam, that Reuven and Rachel aren't married, and we're not Choshesh for outlying circumstances. I will say, I just want to point out what a Musra Haskil, that last piece of Gemar is. So I say, in life, in life, very often, when people, when we want to undertake something, so I will say, what happens when you want to undertake something? So how does the Yitzhahara work when you want to undertake a new initiative in life? And by the way, it's not just in your Ruchnius, right? It could be in business, it could be in anything, right? You have an opportunity to do something. So what does the Yitzhahara do? What does the, right? the Yitzhahara goes ahead and plants two words that constantly repeat themselves in your mind. What are the two words? Or I'll try, right? That's I'll try. I'll try. What if? What if? Right? What if? Well, well what if this? And well, what if, what if that? And what if this? And what if that? And then again, you know, you start playing over all the different things that could happen. So what happens when you start, oh, right? When you start contemplating your life, every single thing that could go wrong, there's only one logical course of action, which is do nothing. We call this analysis paralysis, right? Analyze anything, analyze anything enough in life, and you will do as crossing the street. I don't know, crossing the street. You know what, what could happen? There's a car, there's a this. And by the way, we'll say all legitimate, all legitimate things. It's not like you're saying, not worried about a vulture swooping down, right, and, and picking me up, but like, like legitimate stuff, legitimate stuff that, that could technically happen. When you contemplate every single possible thing that could go wrong, and I say, yeah, you have an opportunity in your career, and you contemplate, you know, people often stay, right? People often stay. Many, most people are underemployed, 
right? Why are they underemployed? Because ultimately, again, being underemployed is safe. It's safe. It's predictable, right? Maybe I'm even good at it, kind of like mastered it. It doesn't take any real effort for me. I collect my paycheck. I'm happy and I go through life. And I go through life. Many people are, are underemployed in life. I don't mean in their career, right? We underperform. Why? Because they're both saying, I'm scared of all the different possible things that could, that could occur. So therefore, the only logical thing is play it safe. We'll say, what does the Gemara teach us? What does the Gemara teach us? We'll say, you know what that commercial of the Gemara says, Maudite Modraf thought, Safru Disrami. The Gemara says, we don't take into account what ifs. We don't take into account what ifs. Right? In life, you have to live with what is in front of you, make your decisions with what is in front of you, and move yourself forward. Because if you contemplate every single what if in the course of life, if you contemplate the what ifs in your Ruchnius, you're never going to go spiritually. If you contemplate all of the what-ifs in your business life, you're never going to grow financially. In life, you have to take into account the concepts, or not the concepts, the circumstances, the realities you have right in front of you, and just move yourself forward. Probably the most profound kamash malon in all of Shas. Don't start worrying about the what-if. Maybe the sofa was this, maybe the sofa was that. Lamaisa, you live in a place where they do Kiddushin, and then they do a Ksuva, that's what's in front of us. That's what we assume happened. You can't live your life taking into account every single possible scenario because then you'll move nowhere, you'll accomplish nothing, and you'll fail to self-actualize. What will say? Shkoyach.